Welcome to Complete Curiosity, the podcast that addresses the big questions in little segments. So, hello, and uh, a very warm welcome to the last in the current series of Fit for the Future. I'm Katie Ledger, and I'm joined by, as normal, by Dr. Alan Watkins. But of course, we have our resident millennial who's joined us today, Tom Cotton. Tom? Warm welcome. Are you looking forward to this process? Yeah, it should be, it should be a good one. I've, I've been involved throughout, mainly behind the camera, sorting out the tech and marketing each of the, uh, the webinars. But no, I'm delighted to join you for the last, of our, the last of our webinar series today. Great. Okay, so I know you're going to bring a lot of youth and wisdom into this. So we've had a brief chat about this so far and the approach, and we thought that it might be good to, to kind of set a frame for this. So... Alan, can you, can you kind of set the frame for before we kind of let Tom loose? Part of the reason we thought we'd have a chat about the sort of youth versus experience. I mean, through COVID, you know, we've all connected with our families. And one of the questions that comes up, certainly in business, a lot of the time is, do we need more youth? Do we need more experience? And millennials, as many people will realize, are now forming the largest percentage of the workforce in most companies. So... It's quite an interesting question, I think. You know, people advocate that we need the sort of energy of youth. No, no, we need the wisdom of the years. So I thought we'd sort of unpack that a little bit and try and figure that out. And of course, that's not a conversation two old hacks like you and I can have, Katie. We need a bit of youth in that conversation. Exactly. I could always, always rely on you to make me feel good. Hmm. So that's why Tom, you know, we, we must get Tom in, you know, because we've got to get all sides of the, of the debate. So I thought we'd have a bit of a chat away about you know the question of youth and experience and how do we get the balance right okay so how should we start off should we have a look at the obviously there are upsides and there are downsides to this how, how do we want to structure this tom what what are your thoughts well perhaps i think if we if we look at the current situation the current situation is one of a business context that probably does prioritize experience yeah so it might be worthwhile looking at the current state of things and unpacking some of the upsides and downsides we're experiencing in in the current day yeah i mean it's certainly in covid right is that there are very few people who've ever experienced a pandemic so that would dictate we're in a crisis oh my god what do we do about crisis now if you've never experienced a crisis before natural human response is to look around to see if there's anybody around you who's ever experienced a crisis that can give us some guidance so that would sort of push you towards maybe we need some experience. But of course, this is a crisis like no other crisis. So you might go to the experience view, but they're just making it up. They haven't really experienced a pandemic. I mean, back in the 20s was the last major pandemic. So does that experience help? And the world's changing so much. Do we actually need some fresh ideas from the youth? So that's why these questions never go away. Youth experience, youth experience. So it might be useful for people who are listening to this to put in the chat window of what they think the upsides are of, you know, listening to the youth view and what the upsides are of listening to the voice of experience. And so maybe if we unpack the upsides and the downsides, let's start with the upsides. There are many upsides to both poles. Uh, And we, as you know, in the business, see this as 
two poles to balance isn't a problem to solve. It's not an either or deal, or we always need youth or we always need, no, you, obviously you need both. But how do you balance these poles? So our view is you've got to understand the upsides and downsides of both poles. So what would you say, Tom, in terms of the upside of youth? Well, the upside of youth, I think, is, is like you've said before, a lot of it's energy. So you can look at it from the, the physical context of having a bit more energy and you having a bit more life in your, in your veins. But perhaps that... Well, I don't know what he's insinuating. Yes, I, I don't know what yeah. I'm not, yeah, I'll, I'll cut to the chase. I think we've only got half an hour, so I won't, I won't. <laughs> we may not be here at the end of half an hour. <laughs> I won't cover myself with the pleasantries. Yeah. Um, but no, I, I think it's, it's understanding why people have more energy, and especially in a work context, it's, it might not be your raw energy. It might be the energy that you're able to bring to work. And at a young age, in your 20s, chances are you don't have nearly the responsibilities that people 20 years your senior senior may have with mortgages to pay kids to feed so i think that there's there's definitely an upside in that you you find that people can dedicate their time i think that probably plays into the 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 notion that millennials are incredibly values driven because you've got all this energy to give but you're probably only going to give it if you're truly invested in in what you're doing and you believe it has a true cause otherwise you're probably nine to fiving it yeah, so some of the things that people are posting here, yeah. Katie, is uh, tech savvy, upside of youth. Yeah, uh, the well, digital we all natives. go to Tom for, for tech savvy, don't we? Yeah, digital natives, you know, uh, tech savvy, so that's one. Some people are suggesting new ideas, so we've got energy, we've got new ideas, new perspectives. Not quite sure what Dave means by new looks. <laughs> There's the, the upside of youth may be more adept at crowdsourcing the information on COVID. I found I was diagnosing myself based on what I'd seen on media, social, all the rest of it. Yeah, so, yeah, that's interesting, isn't it? Tapping into the wisdom of the crowd. And again, yeah. that might relate to the tech savvy thing. So maybe the upside of youth, you know, so new ideas, new thinking, tech savvy, crowdsourcing. What about speed? I mean, you know, mm. with that energy comes a bit more speed. Do you think you're faster than the rest, Tom? On a good day, I'd like to think so. <laughs> I think it's not so much. He is to the bar, let's put it that way. Um... I think the speed, the speed part, I feel, is very pertinent with, with the tech piece. So if, if you're literate in, in, the most, in the latest tech, most likely you can do things at twice the speed. And also, Lauren says, youth isn't bogged down with institutional dogma and can see solutions that aren't apparent. Yeah, so I, that's really interesting, that point, because um, a good friend of mine runs a startup incubator with 14 offices around the world, have taken 500 businesses to commerciality. And he has this phrase, you know, if you look at the best entrepreneurs, actually, they're unencumbered by content knowledge. So this sort of, you know, certainly experience would try and make the case that you need experience, you've got to be an expert. But actually, if you look at the literature on the best entrepreneurs, some of the best entrepreneurs become great entrepreneurs because they're not sort of brainwashed into believing certain things have to be done a certain way and you have to have the knowledge. They're prepared to ask the dumb question, you know, and they're not constrained in that way. So I think that's a really key point. What do you think about endurance? I think that's an interesting one. I would sort of take issue with, with that one. What do you think, Tom? Well, I can see where you're coming from. And I know that working on resilience and endurance is, is what we do with a lot of our, our C-suite clients. But I think endurance from a millennial perspective is, 
it's your everyday life. I mean, you have to endure quite a lot in terms of the, the life we live in and, and, and the society we live in, the information we have available to us, the level of compartmentalization that we all have to do on a daily basis just to get by and not, <laughs> not, not worry too much about what's going on all over the world when that information's at your very fingertips. And I think also looking ahead, I mean, sometimes it's hard to be optimistic as a, as a 27 year old in the UK at the moment with regard to the economy, housing markets, just general factors that, that do make it a little, that, that, that require depressing. you to have a depressing. lot of Depressing, I'm feeling depressing, Tom. Yeah, this I think, is, I think this is going a, depressingly a strong well. tendency. I mean, we've seen, you know, mental health become a very prominent topic and there's, mm. there's reasons that underpin that. And I, I do think that that's, it's, it's this oldies who've made a hash of it, Tom. That's, that's the depressing thing, right? And we're still in charge. Yeah, um, and that's definitely, that's definitely a factor that, that I think underpins this notion that millennials have, that perhaps, you know, we can do, we can do things a bit better. I don't think we're all ignorant to, to the challenges and, and the responsibility that, that comes with, say, leadership. Right. So I, 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 personally, Katie, I'd say endurance is more individual rather than youth versus experience. So you see, you know, certainly people of older years, you've got phenomenal endurance and younger people who throw the towel in, you know, and vice versa. So I don't think that's a differentiating factor. I mean, I think going to the point about less institutional dogma, sometimes there's a confidence of youth, I think, where because they haven't failed. But sometimes, you know, when you have failed and then come back again, so confidence could be an upside of either pole, youth or experience. You can get confidence from having been through three disasters and survived, or you can have sort of brash confidence because you've never failed in your life. So again, I think confidence isn't really, it might appear on either pole. So when you're starting to mine out, well, what are the real upsides that predominantly exist on one pole? Energy, speed, you know, tech savvy, of course, you can have people who are, uh, you know, older in years who are tech savvy, but, you know, as a broad brushstroke, energy speed, tech savvy, maybe a little mental agility, certainly in business, the younger people tend to be cheaper. So if you're looking purely at cost, you know, people who are older in their years, got more experience, tend to get paid. So we'll uh, just take that in mind, Tom, Tom, when we have your salary review, the younger people are meant to be cheaper. One of the big advantages, of course. I wonder but whether there's more activism. What do you think, Tom? More activism, more desire to be radical in youth, or does radicalness come with age? I think there's definitely an appetite for change mm. that's a lot stronger in youth. And I think that for a number of reasons, that does seem to decline as you progress through your 20s and 30s, or at least you seem far less, it feels, you, you seem less concerned with the collective and a little bit more focused on your own world. Yes, well, maybe we should switch it to the upside of experience for that very reason, Tom, you know, and be a little bit less focused on the upside of youth. Well, you know, this, should be quite, this should be quite quick, mate. <laughs> yes, it's a very short list. <laughs> um, right, quick, Katie, get a list out of the upside of experience. Confidence. Uh, just, just supreme confidence that you've failed so many times that, that you get back up again. Maybe I'm just talking about myself here, but yeah, that sense that all is, all is not lost, even if things aren't going swimmingly. Yeah. And I think, you know, part of that is seeing a bigger picture. If you've got more life experience, you've just seen more stuff. You've experienced more stuff, you know, and the relationship between those things. So I think sometimes that can be the upside of experience. 
probably managed greater levels of complexity. I mean, I think the world, as, as you experience more things, you know, you start to realize things are much more complicated than you maybe realized when you were younger. Or as somebody put it once, uh, I know more stuff, I'm just confused on a higher level. So I'm just, I'm st still confused, but the quality of my confusion is much greater now. So I wonder with experience, you get a, a broader picture, maybe confidence of the experience. One of the things I thought about coming in is I find myself less easily insulted as the years go by. I don't know whether that's uh, your experience, Katie. I mean, you'll have to work hard to insult me now because it's just water off a duck's back after a certain time. Yeah, I think I think that is yeah. Dave Dave Spencer said tougher tougher skin. I I don't know whether it's a tougher skin. I think it's perhaps just being able to see a few more perspectives and see where people are coming from and perhaps why why they they said what they said. And I love the I love the quote from from Alex who said experience can help navigate the office and actual politics. You know, I, I think that that's a that's a challenge for all of us. But but yeah, I, I think. Yeah. In, you know, one of the things I thought about is perhaps, you know, Tom, you talked about wealth. You do generate more wealth. I think one of the challenges is for youth is kind of getting on the, the property ladder and getting a, getting a foothold. Yeah, definitely. That's, uh, that's an issue. And it's not so much the issue in the moment. I think it's more when you're looking ahead and when you're trying to plan your next three, four, five years and not seeing the same levels of growth that I imagine you two witnessed at some time. <laughs> yes, uh, in the ancient past, Tom, probably I in the did. 1750s or something yes, like I've, that. I parked my ark outside, so it's, it's okay. More empathy, do you think, uh, do you think with, with greater experience comes more empathy? Well, I think you, you, know, you may have seen more life, and certainly you know, when I was trained as a doctor, you come up close and personal with people suffering as you live your life and so maybe the capacity for empathy might expand as you get older I mean I see that Lauren has written decades of adult experience not quite sure what you mean by that Lauren let's assume that's not the direction keep it clean oh less freak out there we go less freak out when things go to hell so yeah I mean I think you know with experience the realization that you can get through it, that this too will pass. So, you know, the wealth of experience, the ability to manage conflict, I think can improve as you get older, you know, you can handle dissent more, more easily. And I also think actually the ability to make connections, as you know, I'm, I'm a bit of a polymath and polymath capability is the ability to make connections. So as your brain has more experiences and there's a process called arborization, you get more links and with, with more links, you can make more links to more links. So the ability to see things in perspective, make links to things, I think can increase as you age. Amanda talks about more passionate, more committed to the cause, whatever the cause is, due to working longer within it. Well, that might be the case, but I mean, that, that sort of links interestingly to the activism and the radicalness of youth. You know, that when, you know, people are longer in the tooth, maybe they're slightly less radical, but you could be more committed to the cause. So I think it's really interesting, you know, when you're looking at these upsides of youth and experience, many of them are on both sides, but they manifest slightly differently. But what about the, what about the downsides? Let's have a little chat about the downsides of youth and the downsides of experience. Tom, any ideas what the downsides of youth might be? Let me just grab my almanac. I, I feel that the, I think the main downside to youth is, that, is, is probably 
Uncertainty, like, John. Uncertainty. Well, Maybe you should do the downsides of experience. Maybe that's easier to spot for a youthful person. They can see the mess we've made. The, the, downsides, you... the downsides of experience tend to be that you, you're too reliant on your previous experience. Yeah. To notice factors of today. Yeah. Could and, get too rigid in your thinking, right? Yeah, far too rigid. And if you've, if you've had success doing something the same way for 20 years, you may well miss out on the next trend or the next, the next movement in the market. Yeah, so I think that's true. And I, I think sort of rigid thinking and massive overgeneralizations. <laughs> Who doesn't like a, a massive overgeneralization? So you know, I think that's some of the downsides of experience and, uh, you know, power dynamics. You know, as you get older, maybe you're, you know, that more political savvy that somebody mentioned. So maybe you're more tuned in to not only stand the politics in the office, but to play the politics and create power dynamics, whereas that's perhaps less of an issue with youth. So what about you, Katie? What are the downsides, do you think? I mean, if Tom's given us a nice, interesting list of the downsides of experience, maybe we should give him one back on the downsides of youth. Well, I, I, I think that obviously there's a kind of lack of experience. It can be an up or a down, can't it? There is a potentially, you know, a sort of naive way of, of thinking or a not so kind of sophisticated way of thinking. But, but again, I think, you know, all of these are and and in terms of, of you know, being able to, there, there's something positive about that, you know, that naive thinking actually sometimes produces an answer from left field that, that maturity, you know, or, or experience doesn't really give. I mean, the other thing is kind of like extremism is, is another thing that I, I kind of think of potentially. Yeah, most terrorists are under under thirty, right? So, uh, or a lot of the people who are martyred. Sixty-year-old terrorists, you know. Yeah. Well, I, my my counter to that would be who you know who's indoctrinating them. That's true. That's true. Yeah. So maybe that's a difficult one to you know. What level of extremism is extremism more common in youth or more common in? But I think it's that maybe that's an individual one. Like you get more set in your ways and you get you know feeling more and more disenfranchised if you're kept out of the power play. Aiden makes a good point. Everybody love everybody loves an overgeneralization. Uh, good joke there, Aiden. Bored at a higher level when you're experienced. So I, I mean I I think what about information? Like, you know, this sort of inf, info bloat, I think it's called. You know, that shows you how woke I am. I know terms of called info bloat. So is there more info bloat in youth, Tom? Or are the the elderly like us, you know, just clogged up with nonsense information and QI facts. What's the youth experience thing on information to think? What's the difference? Just, just for me, Alan, just define info bloat. Yeah, there's a mass of information. I mean, not, knowledge doubled every 25 years after World War II. Now it's doubling every year. So mm-hmm. if you look at the speed of the increase in knowledge and information in the world, you know, we're bloated now with information. So do you think that's more of a problem for young people or older people? I'd say it's probably more of a problem for old people only on the only on the basis that of what comes with info bloat. So we're now seeing the whole fake news epidemic. We're seeing an online environment where so many means of authentication have been removed. You know, my my partner was emailing me a picture of shoes that she saw on Instagram today and she's been thinking about whether or not to buy them for three days because she doesn't really trust the seller. There is no certified stamp that makes her feel like she'll get the shoes when she parts with her 40 pounds. 
And I think navigating this new online world where there is just so much information, but also so much crap out there mm. is something that the younger generations are going to have ingrained in them because it's the, it's the environment that they've grown up in. Being literate on a, on a, in tech, right, doesn't just mean that I can do X, Y, or Z a bit faster. It means that I, I understand how to navigate this landscape that even me at 27, I mean, you can't ask me what's going on on TikTok or, you know, I went and had a drink, yeah. had a drink with a, a, a younger friend a while ago. And even for me that she's speaking a different language. So I think right, so you're an, you're an oldie as far as TikTok's concerned then. Yeah, as far as TikTok goes, I may as well have a walking stick. There's a, there's a couple of quotes here about FOMO. Do you think there, there is that fear, that, you know, that fear of missing out on something, the new, latest, shiniest thing? I think the fear of missing out is probably quite aligned to this whole impatient label that's put on the younger generations, about people wanting everything now, not wanting to do the hard graft. And, and going back to what I said about uncertainty and outlook, and that it's hard to plan your three years, it's a big risk for someone to take. Dedicate your life to this company for five years and let's hope it all goes well and you get where you want to be. I think um, people want more, more assurance. They want things now, but at the very least, they want to know that what they're doing is going to lead somewhere. Impatience is a really interesting one, isn't it? Because it's often said, and here's a nice generalisation for us all, it's often said that your life seems to go faster as you get older. So you'd think actually people of more senior years would feel an impatience because the clock's going faster. And of course, that's just a mathematical phenomena. If you, you're only two years old, six weeks seems like a mountain amount of time because in relation to being two years old, it is a long time. But if you're 60 years old, six weeks is nothing. So, you know, basically a lot of that, you know, time going faster is just a mathematical phenomena of how you've lived. But impatience, you're, you're absolutely right, is often leveled the impatience of youth. Whereas actually, as you're a bit longer in the tooth, you tend to get a bit more patient. But I think that's an interesting paradox because you're, you're more patient, but time goes faster. And time, it seems like you've got masses amount of time when you're in your early 20s, but you're incredibly impatient. So there's an interesting paradox on both poles in relation to time, I think. So I'm wondering why, like, given that I think we'd all agree that every business needs to balance youth and experience, you know, building a team, you know, whether it's a sporting team, you need a mixture of youth and experience. These are two poles. It's not an either or. So if we get into the practice of polarity management, you know, getting the best of both worlds requires us to take action to leverage the upsides of youth and the upsides of experience whilst watching out for the red flags, the red flags we have to watch out that we've got the balance wrong. So if we do polarity management, which is a practice that we teach organisations, as you know, the red flags, so any thoughts about how we leverage the upside and get the best of both worlds or any thoughts about how we avoid the worst case scenario and the red flags? So something that we've talked about here before is, is the concept of reverse mentoring. Mm. And well, obviously... As I'm sure everybody knows, there's a lot of... You've taught me well, Padwan. Yeah, I've definitely learned from your reverse mentoring. I think that's one of the actions that one, you know, companies should do. And I think they are doing. I mean, you know, reverse mentoring is definitely one to get the best of both worlds. Any other thoughts about 
how do you get the balance right so you get the best of both worlds? Any thoughts about that, Katie? Yeah, I think, you know, seeing, seeing youth as, as kind of part of diversity, so including, including youth in, in, you know, in, in more youth, it sounds crazy, doesn't it? You know, again, just, just more diversity, more different views in panels, in, in days, in discussions, in meetings. I think definitely that's, that's one that we, we, do, we do to a, a lesser or greater extent in this, in this company. But, but Tom, you were talking about, was there something else you wanted to talk about reverse mentoring? Just to say that it's, it's, it's usually only effective if you're quite targeted with it. I mean, Alan jests, but I think if we sat down for a reverse mentoring session, I'm not sure how it would go. But if we had a very specific goal in mind, and if it were to try and bestow or bring in some of those newer skills or just a greater literacy in some of these emerging digital environments, things like that can be really effective. Because I think if you, if you don't do it, you end up with some level of conflict between the two populations in any business. Because what inevitably happens if you don't upskill people later down the years is that, that all that work just flows downstream. So, so if we kind of make a little bit of a list of, to get the best of both worlds, youth, the upside of youth and experience, reverse mentoring definitely one, one thing that should be put in place. The diversity question, I think, is interesting. So we should try and get the balance right between youth and experience because it creates diversity and diversity creates wisdom and wisdom creates greater levels of success. So I think there's a diversity piece, you know, how we get the best of both worlds, make sure we've got a good blend, a good mix. The other thought that occurs to me is making sure we differentiate between maturity and experience because they're not the same thing at all. And what really matters, if we want to get the best of both worlds, we need maturity, not experience per se. Because, of course, what can happen with experience is you just reinforce prejudice. And I saw this very much when I was doctoring, is that just because somebody's had the same experience as me doesn't mean they've taken a useful lesson from that experience. So it's really the value of experience is if experience leads to maturity. And as we've seen with some, you know, very maturing years, not much maturity, not much wisdom, not much insight. So I think to get the best of both worlds, we need to differentiate experience from maturity. And I wonder whether there's something about popularism to get the best of both worlds, avoiding dropping into lazy popularism. I mean, what do you think about that? I'm not sure on populism. What are your thoughts, Tom? I think that it, it, it's, a, it's definitely a danger, but... A red flag, perhaps, that if we can avoid dropping into popularism... And it may be, you know, the, the rise of social media and the tendency to overprivilege being well-known and having a thousand likes, you know, and this push towards being popular, you know, and that's partly fear of missing out is underneath that is sort of popularism. And we've certainly seen a political regression towards popularism around the world. So that might be one of the red flags to avoid the worst case scenario that we need to avoid popularism. So if we want the best of youth and the best of experience, a reverse mentoring, mining the diversity of youth and experience, you know, maybe getting some millennials on the exec as a rep millennial ex representation at an executive level, uh, a little bit like the German Works Council will have a junior worker also influencing at the exec level. 
you know, making this difference between maturity and experience. And then in terms of, of the red flags, popularism would be a red flag for me. You know, we've got to avoid slipping into lazy popularism. I wonder about aboutism, you know, where actually with experience, we have to, you know, I know all about the subject. I've lived a long life. I've got, well, you might, you might know all about it, but it doesn't mean you're any good at it. You know, we've all experienced human beings who know all about emotional, emotional intelligence, for example, but haven't got any. So they can talk the hind legs off a donkey on the theory of all of that, the theory of development, but they're not very mature human beings. So, you know, that's another red flag for me, avoiding aboutism and maybe avoiding cynicism. Yeah, definitely avoiding cynicism. I think cynicism is, is, is a, huge, a huge red flag because, like I've said earlier, not leveraging new thoughts and ignoring the advice of or guidance of younger voices based on your own previous experience is a, is a surefire way to, to fail at some point. Can I, can I ask a question about how the values play? How uh, Michael talks about how is responsibility, accountability looked at from both sides? Yeah, so I think values is a really interesting thing because as we teach people, there are eight value systems in the world, only eight, and all human beings evolve through these value systems. So we all start at sort of, you know, survival motivation and, and what's called beige value systems. And so as you mature and grow up, you go up this sort of vertical hierarchy of value systems. But I think that's partly the diversity point that sometimes those youthful values, that, that energy, that drive, that can do that make it happen energy of youth you know we need that for the diversity so when we're talking about the best of both worlds um, and mining the diversity what we're really talking about is not youth per se but by but diversity of value systems uh, and as you know we we measure that you know we measure human beings value systems and in fact you're running a course i think katie aren't you yes we have a course we have a certification course on the complete values profile so i'll put some details in the in the chat and in the notes the show notes for this as well so anybody that is interested in finding out more about values profiles and understanding themselves understanding team dynamics that's something that we've been doing for the last 15 years here so uh, and just making that incredibly simple and I, th- I thought as a sort of something entertaining i'd show a single slide here to just make the point that just because somebody is experienced on the outside or looks long in the tooth on the outside doesn't mean on the inside they are. And I think that's one of the red flags. So this is a a lovely set of T-shirts created by Evian, the bottled water people. And I love Evian as a brand because, of course, people are paying really high price for water. And, of course, part of the thing about Evian is backwards. It spells naïve. (laughs) <laughs> so I wondered whether that was a marketing joke when I first saw that. So how naive are we that we're paying for bottled water that comes out of the tap? Anyway, they did this series of T-shirts, which I love because it brings home that point of just because we're you know, 40, 50, 60, 70 on the outside, on the inside, we may be much younger. And we certainly can point the finger at many politicians around the world who may be uh, long in the year, but are still pretty immature on the inside. So I think one of the red flags, again, don't mistake experience for maturity. And what really matters, in my view, certainly, is the level and quality of maturity. And uh, if I look back at my own life, I'd say that 
actually, I think one of the value of, of the youth is Tom's level of maturity is much greater than I had when I was his age. So in the younger generation, there's a much greater level of wokeness or maturity or sophistication, partly because the world's speeding up and the access to information than there was perhaps in our generation. So when we were in our early 20s, thank goodness we didn't have any mobile phones or cameras because I'd hate to watch the stuff that we might have got up to back in those days, Katie. And fortunately, there's no record or very little record. I'm lumping into your, your reprobate nature, I, w- I would say, on this. I'm just, I'm just looking at the, the summary. I, I, what I kind of want to get a sense of, Tom, is, is what, what's, your, what's your sense, what's your summary of, of youth versus experience? I think that like it or lump it, millennials are getting older. And, 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 as, and as the stats will show you, you know, we're the majority. You know, we, we are... Over. We are, we are taking over. I mean, we've taken over and it's all, it's all coming, you know, it's whether or not, I suppose, it's whether or not the experience of today extends a hand to youth and says, right, let's change things. Or whether millennials have to fight and grapple as previous generations have and end up being the potentially embittered, you know, people that have gone through a tough old slog to get where they are in their own 50s or you know, 40s 50s or 60s what do you think will happen what do i think will happen i think inevitably things are are going to converge i think that you're starting to see it already you're seeing the the advent of you know, really young founders i mean you know this is such a such an overused example but someone like mark zuckerberg you know not fairness not not the man he once was now in, in, in the media, but the fact that he was controlling one of the most powerful companies in his 20s, it's pretty telling. And we've seen it again and again. I mean, looking into some, some stats for, for this webinar, I think it's Ernst & Young and Accenture, or already two thirds of their workforce are, are millennials. So it's coming. It's whether you embrace it or not. Okay. Well, thank Thanks for joining us. It's, it's been entertaining, if not to say slightly, slightly rude at points, but that most of that was coming from Alan, so I'll, I'll, I'll take that on the chin. Thanks, guys, and thanks to you if you are listening or watching this. Thanks for your company over the last number of weeks that we've been doing these webinars. This is the last of the Fit for the Future series. We will come back with some other series, but for the moment, we're going to press pause on this. All of the previous webinars have been created as podcasts they're on our site complete-coherence.com and you can go to resources and, and, and download any of those so for the moment thank you very much for joining us please tell everybody uh, about the webinars and point them to our site if you think they're interested and uh, we'll see you again very soon thanks a lot thank you katie cheers thank you tom thanks bye-bye If we've piqued your curiosity or you've enjoyed anything we've talked about in this podcast, please subscribe, email us or just visit our website at complete-coherence.com.